everyone. Thanks again for tuning in to Remembering. I'm your host, Phoebe Shabram, and on today's episode, I discuss with you the powerful and potent healing medicine of Rose Spirit. In this episode, I go into my personal intuitive understanding of the power of Rose Energy, Rose Spirit Medicine, Rose Frequency, and that is mostly centered on heart healing as well as healing the mother wound. So I go into a little bit of detail around that and discuss the particular energies of this plant and why I think that it is speaking to myself and many others at this time. And I I was very excited to create this episode and I had been planning on it for a while because I recently came into a deeper relationship with Rose when I finally realized that she's one of my primary plant allies. For anybody that knows me really, really super well and there's maybe only one or two of you out there that would possibly know this, I have like a pretty feminine energy and I have a pretty, uh, I've always had an affinity for roses. I don't know. It's not that I like carry around bouquets of roses all the time, but I think just my, um, I have had multiple people tell me that I have rose in my aura, the color, like rose color in my aura. Um, and I've always just had what I feel like is a strong connection to both the color and the frequency of rose. And for a long time, I knew that I had that connection, but I was very resistant to uh, believing that she was a primary ally of mine, mostly because it's rose, right? I mean, in my mind, this, you know, kind of flower goddess rose this you know world-renowned highly sought after highly adored plant how could that possibly be my ally and I think there was a little bit of me that was like oh that's so cliche you know (laughs) I wanted something unique and different and uh so anyway I was kind of resistant to that notion for quite a while And then just recently I did a meditation and it was a plant ally meditation to kind of like find your one or more of your guides. And I got both Rose and Rosemary and I knew that Rosemary was one of mine. Uh, I've, I've just always felt a very close kinship with Rosemary. I grew up with Rosemary bushes all outside of my house when I was young and it's native it's not native to where i'm from in this lifetime but it's native to where my ancestors are from and so i have always felt a strong kinship with rosemary but i was resistant to actually embark on my relationship with rose and that all changed after i did my meditation and i was just like wow there's actually so much here waiting for me there's so much healing and very 
potent and powerful medicine that I'm just ignoring out of pride. Um, So I started working with her and she's just been popping up all over the place. I've been seeing other herbalists talk about her on their channels and it's just very relevant to the time, I think, what she offers and what she has to offer. So I really hope that you guys feel some sort of connection to the things that I speak about. I hope that it resonates for you. And if it does, I will be offering a rose body oil on my Etsy shop going live tonight or later today. It's all organic uh, rose petals infused in organic rose. Sorry. Organic rose infused into organic almond, hemp seed oil, jojoba oil, and coconut oil, and then a little bit of olive as well. It smells amazing. I also added some rose auto essential oil in there to enhance the fragrance as well as enhance the properties. So for those who don't know, rose has a great affinity for irritation in skin Uh, conditions as well as inflammation and sensitivity it's really really lovely for skin sensitivity because it's it's way more gentle than lavender lavender is also just a really strong smell and rose can be intense but I find that when it's organic and it's naturally made it's very subtle and it's very lovely Um, the other thing that I was really trying to highlight in this oil and wanting to what I wanted to provide it for was to be used as a womb or uterus oil. Rose has a great affinity for for uteruses and female reproductive complaints or issues or uh, just general maintenance. <laughs> a terrible word, but it's got a lot of properties that assist in creating a gentle kind of it's a slight amenagogue so it helps during menstruation to let blood flow and it also has slight analgesic properties and can help with pain uh, from cramping and bloating and whatever else I think also the primary medicine of this plant in relationship to that part of the body, because I do talk a lot about the rose's affinity for the heart and love, and and that's really what I wanted to highlight in this episode, but she does have another deep connection to the sacral and to female reproductive systems as well as male, and she kind of just, she kind of just governs the whole realm of loving relationships and so of course that includes sexual partnerships and for me that particular medicine in in regards to everything else that I touched on in the episode is really about this ability to connect the heart and the sacral especially in moments of intimacy because it's it's not always super important but if we're attempting to have a really profound authentic experience 
uh, while lovemaking or while being intimate, it can be very important to have the sacral and the heart connected. And for me personally, being somebody that has those two centers, the sacral and the heart, very, very, very deeply traumatized and often very closed down, um, it's crucial that I feel safe and it's crucial that I feel seen and heard and respected in those spaces however it can be very hard for me to get there just because those centers tend to be really closed down so I think that the medicine of this plant in connecting the heart and the sacral is it's kind of this reoccurring message that I get into later in the episode about being vulnerable and letting ourselves be open and letting ourselves be seen and receive what is being offered. And that's, that, that can be a very crucial aspect to intimacy of any kind, emotional or physical. So there's physical properties to this oil. And then I think there's also just an energetic imprint that I'm hoping is relayed in the medicine of this oil. Not only the aid in balancing the reproductive organs and helping with menstruation and any kind of discomfort that comes with that, there is, of course, you know, also just wanting to help others feel beautiful feel seen, feel valued and loved. And I'm hoping that in by using this oil, some of that translates and you can start to embody some of this medicine. So again, thank you so much for tuning in. My oil will be live on my Etsy shop later today. And I also have some other products that are up there some other products that will be up there later this week and in the coming weeks so definitely stay tuned for those i'm so happy that you're here listening to this podcast it means so much to me you have no idea every person that listens takes time out of their day to listen and then also the people that reach out to me and say positive things to me about it it's the only reason i'm still doing it (laughs) if i'm being honest so thank you so much And I look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode. Rose is... She's kind of the mother of all flowers. And surprisingly enough, the... Or not so surprisingly, I guess. The archetype or the ascended master that is most affiliated and associated with Rose energy is Mary Magdalene who is this kind of feminine archetype that kind of transcends time and space and is universally recognized as this great feminine symbol and archetype and she has a lot of wisdom and healing outside of just the conventional understanding of her place in the Bible. A lot of what Rose teaches and and represents and shares in her wisdom and her message is similar to Mary Magdalene in that it is very deeply connected with the heart and unconditional love. 
if we have a conversation with Rose herself and we just begin by looking at the plant, there's lots of different species within the genus. She's kind of like her her whole world onto herself and there's lots of subspecies and variations, especially now because there's so much hybridization that's gone into the creation of Rose as we know it today. However, there is, you know, this really fragrant aroma that she carries, and more often than not, she has luscious pink, white, or red petals, sometimes yellow as well, the bushes kind of shrub-like and woody and there's usually thorns and spines along the stems and you know there's this like age-old affiliation with rose you know every rose has its thorn the kind of really intense prick of her thorn that happens when you grab onto her attempting to pick the flower or smell the flower it's kind of counterintuitive experience going into this beautiful luscious aromatic plant and getting cut and the thorns are no joke you know I had my reminder of that a couple weeks ago when I was harvesting rose petals I got pricked on the thorn and it was like no joke I I bled and I was reminded oh yeah Roses have really sharp thorns. And that in and of itself is a huge energetic imprint. It's a huge message that we we need to have a certain protective mechanism of our own inner aroma, of our own essence, and our own bounty of our core of who we are and at the same time Rose teaches us the beauty and the necessity in unfolding and opening ourselves up to be witnessed because if we don't unfold our petals and open the core of us up to those around us willing to admire our beauty we will never be seen and we will never receive the gifts that we need in order to grow and thrive. And this, you know, essentially is love, right? This is kind of the dichotomy and the struggle of romance and loving relationships and vulnerability and exchange. And it's really a powerful message right now because I think I can... I'm not, I don't think that I'm just speaking for myself when I say that there is a strong urge to go inward and shut down and close off and isolate because there's a lot of fear in the world right now and uncertainty. And the instinct for most humans when we feel afraid and we feel danger is to kind of close in on ourselves and protect and the rose she's really teaching us that the only time to do that is when it's really time to let go and and that would be in her case 
fall or winter, you know, when all the flowers die back and the plant itself hibernates. And collectively, it's not, it may not be the right time, you know, to be totally isolating ourselves in an emotional sense. We may be isolating ourselves in a physical sense out of necessity and and safety, but all the more reason to be reaching out and opening ourselves to connection that is available because it's really vital that we, we stay connected in a time where our normal means for interaction and connection is totally not available. And I can really speak to this because I am kind of a hermit generally. I, it's really easy for me to self-isolate. It's really easy for me to be antisocial and just like be in my own inner world. And at the same time, that turns into a toxic relationship very quickly because I need connection, just like all humans need connection. And I forget that. I really forget that. And so in the last week or so, my anxiety has been so through the roof. And I realized that like a month or so ago, I was having a lot of meetings with regular meetings with people. I was in a couple courses and I was having, I was uh, seeing a therapist weekly. And so I was having like three or four different online meetings during the week and it was like more social interaction than I had had in a while and so it was really like lifting me up and making me feel kind of grounded and more secure you know because when you have people that you're interacting with and connecting with it just makes you feel a little bit more stable in yourself you're able to reflect back to those around you hey am I doing this am I being crazy am I being selfish or is it just me and they can tell you yeah you're being kind of a dick or no you're being crazy however it goes so rose is really kind of this frequency of staying open and staying vulnerable even when there is perceived threat obviously not if there's actual threat or there's actual danger but the mind is a tricky mechanism and you know how many times are we perceiving threat or danger and it's really there right so you know staying open and not isolating yourself simply out of fear um, or out of fear you know, of getting rejected or fear of being hurt. It's like this, this reminder that, you know, you have protection and you have the necessary mechanisms to protect yourself when you really need it. So don't go overboard. And then the other really crucial piece that Rose is touching on right now is, I think that there's a lot of grief circulating and I think there's a lot of trauma that people are addressing and it's coming up to the surface on multiple in multiple ways on multiple platforms in multiple different arenas of life there's people who are addressing repressed sexual trauma there's there's kind of a reckoning happening in certain communities that I'm aware of continuation of the me too movement where there's a reckoning happening for certain individuals that have been abusers and then I know personally in my own life in my own circles 
I know of women and individuals that are kind of having their own day of reckoning by speaking out about certain abusers or certain traumas they've faced and, and, and trying to like reconcile by being public about it. And that's a really powerful thing, but it's also really hard and it can be hard to come face to face with your own trauma. It can be hard to speak about it. And it can be very scary when you're, when you're exposing certain individuals who have in the past been perpetrators of yours. And then there's, of course, the Black Lives Matter movement happening. And with that, the indigenous people of our nation of Turtle Island and across the world are, are gaining momentum and speaking out as well. There's just so much you know, outside of the context of just COVID-19 and the trauma there and the fear there, there's so many other things. There's so many other things coming to light and, and being revealed that people are dealing with. And of course, there's what I mentioned in the kind of instinct to shut down and close off. And then there's also needing to deal with all that trauma and that pain and that wounding and the grief that comes with all of those things. It's, it's so real. It's, it's especially for these really deep suppressed things. Like I know for myself, what Rose is specifically often trying to teach me is don't shut down in the process of processing your grief and trauma. Don't, you know, let yourself continue to be hardened by these events and these people that hurt you because in that way you're still giving away your power if you're living this life that's cold and hard and closed off even long after these people are out of your life you're still letting them hurt you and it's hard i'm not you know i'm not going to say it's easy i i'm speaking to myself right now i'm channeling the messages directly to myself because this is really the hardest thing for me. I am a cancer moon. I have a hard time letting go of my pain. <laughs> I I have a hard time letting go of my trauma and you know nobody necessarily has an easy time with that. But I just have a hard time with grief and I have a hard time with sadness. It, it if I'm not there's a fine line for me between feeling it and being overwhelmed by it because I am highly sensitive and highly emotional. So Rose for me in particular is this, this softening and this kind of mother-like frequency that comes in to hold you in those moments of overwhelm and grief and the feeling of like, this is so fucking hard. This hurts so much. How can I stay present? How can I stay open to life and, you know, expose myself and be vulnerable and let myself be seen. And she comes in to tell you that's the only way this is it. This is life. And if you're going to live it, and if you're going to live a full, sweet, bountiful, beautiful, rich life, you have to let yourself be open, and you have to be seen, and you have to let others come into your 
aura and see you and witness you and experience you for all that you are. And by closing yourself off and cutting yourself off, even out of, even when you're scared and you're dealing with pain and trauma that, that isn't processed and you, and you feel overwhelmed by that, it, you're doing yourself and the world a disservice. And so she's really this lovely mother-like frequency, this mother energy that, that is here to hold you and nourish you through the process of staying open and staying present and letting yourself receive love and letting yourself receive support. It's another thing is, you know, she, she wants to support you. She wants to provide you what you need. And so she will, if you let her, she'll guide you to where you need to be, to the right people and, and be there, you know, as a mechanism or a means of support herself. And then there is kind of what I am just now touching on this idea of the mother wound. I don't know how many people are super familiar with this this concept, but it's huge right now, especially because a lot of people are really dealing with the grief of the earth being harmed and our disconnection from the earth. And that's something that comes up a lot in this podcast. The connection to the earth is kind of everything. And especially being somebody who doesn't have solid relationships with, with women, likely because primarily of the relationship that I've had with my mother, the earth provides that deeply nourishing feeling of being held. And when that starts to become severed in whatever capacity, it's really difficult to process that kind of grief. And Rose can assist in this, and she can also assist in the actual she can also just assist in the actual wound around whatever trauma one might have in the relationship with their mother. We live in a society that has a lot of fucked up narratives around being an individual, being a member of a family, being a member of society. Pretty much no matter how you turn out, you're going to face somewhere along the way somebody or an organization or a system that says you are bad change that be better and if we're lucky that that narrative isn't in our home growing up but i think most of us probably have grown up with that kind of narrative and i for sure did the primary source of trauma in my life i think is probably the relationship that i had and the lack of relationship that I have with my mother, I think that's probably been the pretty much the deciding factor for the type of person that I have been and who I am today. And I think that that could probably be said for most people. I'm not a psychologist or a scientist or anything, so I can't speak to that. But it makes sense to me, you know, being a mother now, you are everything to your kids. And and likewise, my kids are everything to me. And so if that relationship is somehow threatened or disrupted or isn't given full permission to be everything that it needs to be for mother and child, it can be extremely traumatic. 
And there's so many different factors at play, and I'm not going to start blaming anybody. You know, my mom did the best that she could. However, uh, that was traumatizing for me because the best that she could was not enough for me growing up. You know, it just wasn't. I, I, I received a lot of really difficult messages growing up and, and so to wrap this up and bring it back around, when you picture a rose, it's the infinite amount of petals and the really strong aroma that comes off of her. It's this really feminine energy and sometimes can be interpreted as erotic but from for me I don't necessarily interpret her as erotic as I do just kind of this heart-centered space there are definitely plants and flowers that speak to the sacral center and the the reproductive system and the sexual organs and I definitely think that Rose has that I definitely can see Rose and her affinity for sexuality and kind of the necessity of being vulnerable and open to yourself and your own sexuality and being in contact in right relationship or healthy relationship with that. Uh, But I also feel this really pure unconditional love as a mother would have for her child and I think that Rose can be this really lovely energy of support and healing for anybody that's struggling with that kind of relationship or has trauma with that kind of relationship. I think that, and I think that that's a really crucial aspect. We're in cancer season, so there's a lot coming up with feminine energy and and mother-like energy. Cancer is kind of the archetype of the mother in astrology and it it dictates both the heart and the breasts and so there's kind of just this undertone throughout all the energy right now of needing to reconnect with the heart and allowing ourselves to be exposed and and look into the cave of the heart and really, really look for ourselves and see what is there and what needs to be touched and what needs to be looked at. And our first loving relationship we ever attempt to have, if we aren't successful in, but hopefully we're successful in, is our relationship with our mothers. And, you know, I think of the image that's coming to my mind is that moment right after a baby is born and the mom brings the baby up to her breast and holds the child there right next to the heart. Um, That's kind of this frequency that I'm picking up on. And I think that Rose being this, this multifaceted plant that has so many different subspecies and and branches um, within the family I think that there's a lot of different faces that she can wear. However, this is kind of the the energetic that I'm sensing right now and that I'm feeling into is very important for all of us right now. And she is here to support us. And so that can look like taking Rose essence. That can take that can look like working with, you know, Rose oil on the body and using it as a 
using it as a skincare product or a massage oil. Having rose tea. I have a really lovely tea that I've been brewing that's rose petals and tulsi. You can also just hang out with rose. If you have roses growing around you or you know of somewhere where there are rose gardens, you can just spend some time in silence and sit with Rose and see what comes up for you and maybe journal or don't, but just kind of witnessing what starts coming up for you, body sensations, thoughts, memories, and just take note of that and see how it, how she makes you feel in her presence. There's lots of different ways. You can also just in meditation or in a space of silence, you can just call on her and she'll speak with you. So those are different ways that you can work with her right now. Hopefully this episode has been slightly enlightening onto what plant spirit medicine looks like and the energetics of Rose and how she can play an important role in the life of many right now in the in healing and working through heavy stuff and working through heart wounds at this time. If you tuned in today, thank you so much for listening. More episodes to come shortly. I am so looking forward to continuing to work on this podcast. I'm excited to have more people on the show and just continue to see where this takes me. So again, thanks so much for participating to whatever capacity. I hope that if you do invoke Rose into your life, she brings a bounty of love and healing and nurturing and holding for you in whatever way you need it right now. So I'll catch you guys on the next episode.